Welcome to the Vet Church Podcast. Vet Church interviews are authentic, sacred, and inspirational. Vet Church is open to anyone who appreciates the sacrifice made by the women and men who put on a uniform and served this great nation. Find out more at vetchurch.com or retiredarmychaplain.com. Hey, Vet Church. I'm sitting here with Brett from Sirens Cove Tattoo. You're letting us use this. Uh, me and Matt are going to do a Vet Church interview. Matt A01, retired Army sniper. Regularly, if you got me in. <laughs> You look great, man. <laughs> so, um, so Matt and I met this last weekend in Richmond. You just come back from Australia doing some kind of cool games, right? Yeah, the uh, 2008 uh, Prince Harry and Dukes games. And you won a bunch of stuff? Three gold medals. And so, uh, y'all been friends since you were young? Three, yeah. four years old. Really? Yeah, we remember 30 years. Yeah. <laughs> and where are we? We're, we're in Powder. We're in Powdersville, South, South Carolina. Powdersville, South Carolina. It's Siren, um, Siren's Cove Tattoo, and I've always believed that the tattoos help us, you know, all these, it helps us remember our stories. These guys are the scribes of our tribe. Our tribe has its own language, its own food, its own money, its own way of doing things, its own rank and order, and you and yours have given to us by tattooing us and helping us remember our stories and, and sacredness of it. Say something about your shop, man. This is awesome. Uh, we've actually been here for the past three years, coming up on four. Um, my wife actually tattooed here whenever it was a different shop. Um, we do tattoo a lot of veterans, a lot of police officers, stuff like that. Uh, anybody who does come here that is a veteran uh, gets 20% off because uh, we believe try and kind of give back. But, I mean, even though it's not really giving back because of so much that they've done, but uh, we do offer a discount to veterans. Thank you, Brett, for letting us. Let us use your <laughs> use your awesome, awesome tattoo parlor to do this. Kate, I want you to pan. Kate's gonna pan real slow. This place is awesome, and the chair that Matt and I are gonna be sitting on for the tattoo. For the, the tattoo, I, you're getting a tattoo. So anyway, we're gonna be sitting on this awesome thing. But Kate, catch the art. We're gonna go sit over here. Thanks again for it. Cool. Let's Thanks. Do man. this, man. Oh, by the way, it's a three one two one A Highway one five three. No, that's not the right thing. Is it? Anyway, it's right here. Seeing them all, buddies. I'll we'll station with a bear until probably Saturday, and I'll drive back. That's cool. I'm back in and getting the kids again and starting school back. Buddy, it'll be fun, man. So, so uh, we met this weekend. Mm-hmm. We've done a lot of stuff. It was interesting. You asked me if you could say the F word. Yeah. <laughs> I said you can say whatever you like. You know, mm-hmm. in that regards, I don't care. Um. Cause I think at first you thought that I was, I was, uh, oh yeah, army chaplain, and then you do something called vet, it's got church in there. I was like, oh shit, no, like right, yeah. and I thought you thought, I think you thought I was full of shit for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, I heard about you before I got there. Um, uh, was it Don? Don was telling me about it, yeah, and then uh, Batibul, yeah, the guy who did the him and uh, Barney, Barney, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think so, Barney, yeah, yeah. Yep. And uh, they were like, you need to meet him. And I was sitting there thinking, you know, Army Chaplain. Every time I see Army Chaplain, especially overseas, you try to watch your mouth 30 minutes into the conversation, you're finally like, man, fuck it, I gotta let it go, because <laughs> I can't do it no more. <laughs> well, it's how we talk, it's how our tribe talks. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's definitely a language. language. Well, you know, you walk, into, you walk into Walmart and you drop that word and people are like, oh! <laughs> yeah, especially the, in the, being in the Bible Belt, I guess you'd say. Well, yeah, it's, it's kind of weird to me that the, uh, that we wind up in a culture that the Bible Belt really supports too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the biggest right. supporters. Yeah, right. And we are like the. It, it's crazy because the whole idea of uh, killing and, and what we do, most of the military supports guys like y'all. Oh yeah, and, and that's um, 
it's just the way it is. It's not a bad thing. I mean, you gotta you gotta go out there by yourself and do some weird stuff. And, oh yeah, and you've done it. You can say anything you like about what you did if you want to talk about it at all. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really what you whatever you want to know, man. I don't really have a problem talking about it too much, you know. I like the thing on Saturday. It's just, I always want to make sure we'll do this at some point in this. The, I guess the guys that, like, you know, they put us on like heroes, right? At the thing on Saturday. And I don't feel like I'm so much a hero, but I know heroes who, when you raise your right hand, you, you give them, especially as an amateur guy, you know, in any given moment in time, you can give your life to this country. And I know quite a few young men who did that. Yeah, well, you almost gave your life for this country. Yeah, yeah. a couple times. <laughs> a couple times. How, how many times have you heard? Mm. Shit, man, I don't even know. Um, really close call times four. Yeah, how many times have you, how many Purple Hearts you got? None. I just, well, mine got a, uh, the one from Afghanistan. Just got approved at HRC. Okay. I, uh, I don't know, man. You, you've been around us, infantry guys. It's a hard time. Uh, I was going to get mine in Afghanistan. I didn't lose a limb. I got hit, you know, but I didn't lose a limb. Was, so you got shot? No, well, yeah, that was in the, the plates, but my legs, when I got hit with an IED, with a okay. dismounted landmine, right? But in the same time frame of four days, three, four of us got hit. Three guys lost their limbs. One lost the next one, ankle, next one, uh, BK, and the last one was an AK, almost up to his hip. And it's kind of one of those, you know, like, I fought my colonel about it. BK's below the knee, AK's above the knee. Um, but it was it was one of those, you know, and at the time I wasn't in, you know, you got the WTU and you got all these barracks lawyers and like, hey, you need to do this, all the benefits, and we don't track that. You know, in the infantry world is, hey, you hurt or something. If you ain't got something blown off or a hole in you, take a knee, drink water, rush some dirt on it, Charlie might keep it moving, you know? and. Uh, once I got to the WTU, I had an AWTU rep to talk to me, and we got all my paperwork. And because when you, you know, when you get hit and shit, you do all these fucking sworn statements with everybody, and they fifteen six it, and I sent it up, and it's, I mean, it was a process, but I finally got it. So, so the process. Now you said fifteen six. We're, we're talking a language. There's some people on here ain't going. Oh yeah, you know that. Yeah. There's some people ain't going. No, um, I I know it because when I was enlisted, and again afterwards as a chaplain, I got to work. Yeah, I worked all over the place, man. I've always felt like wherever there was a person, I had a place. You know, oh, yeah. Because what you guys are your doing, job? Hell yeah. What you guys are doing is it's scary. And everybody, even even the people that like, well, I never, and like I never walked through a village, ever, or down the countryside. I tried to go on a convoy because I was at a BSB, right? So mm -hmm. we were carrying ammo up in the Korangal. The girl was like, you ain't getting in there. I was like, why not? He's like, this is a vacation. He said, you can get in a helicopter because I'm not going to tell your wife that you died. Want to be sightseeing? I said, I need to know what they're feeling. He's like, you don't need to know shit. Get in the, <laughs> get yeah. in the helicopter. Pretty, um, they watch over you guys, man. They, they, don't, yeah, they don't let you guys go much. No, and so, <laughs> but there's a lot of people who don't get to go. Cooks don't go. I mean, oh, yeah. And then, then there are cooks that do go. It's a weird, I mean, it's a weird thing. Especially you start getting, I know there's a, I don't remember his name. There's a silver star. I won't say he got a silver star as a cook, but his base got overran. And you know, in the army, you went through basic training. Everybody yep. got some basic training. At the end of the day, you're a rifleman. Yep. That's what basic training is about. Your first thing you learn is basic rifle marksmanship. So at the end of the day, you, you can be ready for it. I went out of the uh, Chapel Wolf. Um, he got, they let him go out with us. Um, because he was a he's an old infantry guy. Oh yeah. So he's a, <laughs> he'd been there already before, and then he became as a chaplain. But anybody else I've ever seen chaplain wise, nah, you're not going. You can get on a bird, and that's about it. Well, on a bright green color plan, that would have been. It would have made you think more about me dying or screwing things up than doing your job. Oh yeah. I, mean, I don't know. I was pretty. I was in. Man, when I was in Afghanistan, I liked the. I was good with my guys. I brought all my guys home. I was really really key on the part of, like I was a hard ass on them, especially I got, out of the 10 soldiers I had, nine of them never deployed, they are all brand new to the army. And they, they all made it back. They were in the army three months, you know? And uh, usually three months, you know, before you deploy, you get like your, your leave and all that. Yeah. 
and hey, we ain't doing nothing going at one o'clock. Well, that wasn't how I did. I had her ass there at 2200. We was training every day on Saturdays, you know. Nobody married a stripper? Yeah, uh, yeah I had one of those guys. <laughs> <laughs> and we all told him to do it was that whole thing, you know. Like, and I was a private who got the car at the high interest rate. I did everything you were told not to do as a private. Uh -oh. I learned. So I'm telling these guys from experience, hey, don't do this. I, mean, I ain't married a stripper. But uh, I told him, hey, me and uh, his Bravo team leader, and they were real good friends, because I had a team leader out of those nine guys that were all privates. I had one specialist who's a combo guy that I had to have one of them step up and be my team leader in my Bravo. The only other guy I had was Alpha, uh, my Alpha team leader. And uh, this kid from Texas, man, called him Wilbur, he, he stepped up. And he reminded me a lot of me. He'd fuck up, but he'd do it at 110%. You know, he's real hard-headed. But uh, I was hard on him, and they never got it. And I, I got phone calls. I still get them now and ask them for advice and stuff. But they told me, you know, they got new leadership or something happened. They're like, you were an asshole, but you were, you, you were good to us, you know. But overseas, man, I was, I was real good. You do your job, I'll leave you alone. If not, I'll make you life hell. Mm -hmm. But we ran a tight ship, man. We were, people knew when we came in with the colonel, we were hell. Don't, don't, don't start with these guys because these guys don't play around. How many times did you go uh, overseas? Yeah. I went over twice. I did two of the. Uh, the two uh, combat tours, I guess you would say. I've been to other places in the country, but uh, I went to Iraq. I was in uh, Kirkuk, Mosul when I went there, and I was in the Argandale River Valley out of OCCD when I was in Afghanistan. Well, that's, I mean, one's enough. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. One's enough. I saw this, um, I saw something today about a... Uh, hey, Dash is on. Is he? The dash is on. Daryl? Yeah. What's up, fucker? Hey. So, uh, I saw this picture today on these veterans group about a, a sniper, Marine sniper from Vietnam, <laughs> crawled all the way across the field to take out a general and crawled all the way back in two days, crawling. Undetected. Yeah, undetected. See, people read those, man. It's funny. Like, uh, you'll get this, but. A lot of people read that stuff and they're like, man, that's crazy. What they don't understand is he probably wasn't eating. If he had to shit or piss, it was on himself. Like it's, that's, dude, that's a, them dudes in Vietnam are no joke. Yeah. I mean, it, it it's really strange. You know, I felt like, because I worked at Memorial. And, you know, I got my own personal stories about being in that room. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, I talked to a Vietnam vet, man, they ain't in the room. They're doing it out in the parking lot. By the hundreds. <laughs> yeah. I, think you know, I, using... like, I just like want to shut my mouth and don't say anything, you know, like I feel bad. <laughs> it's weird talking to those guys. You know, I'm at, I was in D.C. in uh, the Honor Guard for a while. Yeah. So we do missions, and I was always running out there, and, you know, you see them guys out at the World War II Memorial, Vietnam Memorial, just all out in the D.C. mall area. And always making a point, because they all wear the little hats, you know. Mm -hmm. and I'd go up and talk to them, you know, and I'd thank them for their service, and they find out I was in the service or if I was in my blues that day for a mission. Mm -hmm. um, and it's funny because I'm like, man, I couldn't, I couldn't fathom like, what the tunnel rat crawling, you know, just frontline trench warfare. And then they're like, man, I do that any day of the week. They guys have uniforms on. We know where they at. They know where we were at. You know, you guys are fighting people who look like everyday civilians. But it's, it's kind of cool how each generation of war veterans have their their outlook, you know. And you got guys from the, the World Wars that were, and one just standing with a. Muskets in a line, you know, like civil wars. We're standing in each other, and like, hey man, hopefully this guy in front of me can't aim today. Or I'm right. gonna bang a drum with no weapon in front line. You know, it's crazy. War is a it's a trained profession, but it's not natural. Oh no, it's, it's not. It's just it's so strange, and it, and on this side, you know, I won't interview anybody that's in the military because because on this side, you and I see things a little bit differently than I did before 2012 when I got hurt and they said you're, you're getting out I yeah. threw a fit but what was I going to do you know it's crazy to look back I look at it I do it all the time now I look back at uh, for me and a lot, like a lot of guys I talked to we went through phases over there you know and it gets different each time you go but the first time I was over there I was very well trained I had time to train I had a very good my first team leader in the army uh, he was actually our active first sergeant as a sergeant he's an E5 but we had uh, come from Fort Hood to Fort Carson and uh, Sergeant Cameron Mocha, you know, and uh, he, I mean, he was a stud. He was the best at PT, but that, I'll tell you what, when it came to knowing his job as an infantryman, he, he, he made sure you knew yours too. And uh, 
you still get over there and the first time you hit or you, you hear rounds coming by, you're like, oh shit, you know? And then I mean, six, I don't seven, know, but I, I can imagine. <laughs> when you get to that point, you know, there's six, seven months in it. Uh, I noticed more in my tour in Afghanistan is at first you still kind of got the feeling, but you've been in firefights, you've been hit with IEDs, you've been RPG, you know, you've been through all that. And uh, searching detainees and stuff, you're not really timid about it anymore. You start getting where you're kind of timid, but you got guys under you, and you see they were like you were the first time. And then seven, eight months into it, man, it's 130 degrees. You've been on patrol for 12 hours. You just don't give a shit. You're pissed off in the world because, uh, you know, it's just hot, really, and you're hungry. And you got that phase of, man, I'll get up and walk from here to here during a firefighter. Oh, that looks like a bomb. All right, how long is EOD? 12 hours out, eight hours out? Mm. Okay, now we, I'm just going to check this right now. And then the last month, I know my last appointment, I went, I, I went early and uh, I was with my battalion commander and he's like, you ain't leaving Tali. Cause, well, we'll just say that he, he wanted me to stay there. And uh, man, that was- I can last, only imagine why, but. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the last couple of weeks, and I was terrified. My last appointment, I was like, I don't, I don't know if I'm gonna make it home with these guys. These guys, guys are, yeah. Cause you got a new unit, they don't roll like you do and you're trying to train these mm. guys. All you guys do with the rip. Yeah, right seat, left seat, right. Yeah. But uh, went back into that. Like me and him's the only one for my unit out with these guys, and it's yeah. He's trying to stay alive too. That's why you were there. <laughs> well, time to the point where I mean, you, you kind of just have to. And it's not you don't like doing it in front of this dude's soldier, but you have to take over. And I finally tell him, like, man, I'm not. I won't go out anymore. I don't want to die. I mean, we got like a week. I got yeah. a kid. Like, we gotta, you know. But it's cool how you go through the phases, and then you look back now and you're like, man, when I did that, that was stupid. And why did I do that? you trying to die or you look back on it now and it's like man the shit we did was, it's not normal it's no, not normal at all but when well, you're doing it it's, it's and like I think that's nation. where that whole like I, I have like there's a void like I remember mm -hmm. I remember one day so we live just north of South Group that's where our house is you know when, when I'm driving around the country um, <laughs> we're probably going to sell the house because it's driving around the country is a lot of fun <laughs> but <laughs> We had this house next to the 7th group, and I, I bought a, because my back injury, I bought a hot tub while I was in, because I was trying to keep, you know, I'd go home and sit in that hot tub for hours, and oh, then yeah. I'd get him, you know, hit it again. It's just making it worse, but the, the mentality's different then. Oh, yeah. And I'm sitting in the hot tub, I was drinking, which is also, you know, that's not a good combination, plus all the pills I was on. So I'm sitting <laughs> in the hot tub, all these pills... And uh, one, of the, one of the team's helicopters comes. I mean, like, you know how they do, like three of them over oh, yeah. or something. Like, I don't know how the number was, but maybe it's just one. It, one could have been enough. It was like I could just see everything. And it took me right back. And I, I remember going inside and thinking, I'm never, ever, 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 ever again in my life. Just gonna go on a Blackhawk for a reason. They're never gonna say, "Hey, Chaplain, come over here. We got. We need you." Yeah. They're never gonna need me again. I'm never gonna ride on a Chinook again. And I remember coming in and telling Kate. I mean, you remember that, me saying that to you? It was just like, it was just this huge void. Like I'd done all this cool stuff. I'd been somebody, and all of a sudden, nobody, like nobody even knew. My friends don't really know. You know. Oh yeah. But even Kate doesn't know. Like, they don't know what that was like. They don't know how important I felt. Like, I felt needed. I felt oh, yeah. like I had a part. You, you, go, had, you go through that same stuff? Yeah, I look at it like you had a purpose. My purpose was not to, I mean, my job is to kill bad dudes. You know, find bad dudes, find mm -hmm. bombs, that find somebody trying to hurt Americans. And that was my job as an instrument. And, you know, it goes more in depth than that. But my job, I looked at it, my job, and I did my job perfect because I brought all my guys home and that was you know and it doesn't always happen and that's the thing I've tried to I talk to a lot of guys who lost guys you know yeah and they, oh yeah the hard part about that is, is they look at it say I said perfect I shouldn't say that I'm not perfect I just I happen to you know we never happen to be in the wrong place at the wrong time I mean we went through went through shit you know firefights getting hit all kind of shit but at the same time you know these guys lose lose and it really tears them apart but at the end of the day you have to I didn't even ask them, like, look, man, you feel sorry for yourself. You know, it wasn't your fault. Tell me what happened. You know, you ask them that first, and they'll tell you, because, you know, you, you guys speak the same language. And they'll tell you, you know, like, you're out on a dismount patrol, and an RPG came in, and 
hit the guy and just, I mean, blow him to pieces, right? There's nothing you can do about that. Mm-hmm. But you still have that weight on you. I haven't really hit the, I had the void, uh, I was in a warrior transition for almost two years having surgeries. And, and then the, the old guard, the old guard's an awesome unit. Um, but it's not when I came to the Army. It, like, yeah. I love that infantry lifestyle, you know? Can, can and, you uh, tell everybody what the old guard is a little bit? Um, the old guard's the official escort to the president. They do everything. If you see guys on TV looking very, very sharp and dressed blues, that's that's the old guard. The Army drill team's there, the Continental Color Guard, the Fife Drum Corps, the Army Band. Um, Arlington. The Arlington. Uh, the two unknown soldiers, the Sentinels down there, that's that's all, they're all part of the old guard. And uh, most of them's in us. You got 1st Battalion, 3rd uh, U.S. Infantry Regiment, and you got 4th Battalion. 1st Battalion is all your, your cemetery guys. They do all the cemetery stuff. That's where I wanted to go as a chaplain. Because they have chaplains there, right? Oh, yeah. they got, uh, And I wanted, that was my ultimate, like, you can go back and look at my little dream list. And, like, what, <laughs> I was, and like my, when they have to do your evaluations, I'd say, I want to go there as a chaplain. But it's a, I don't know, it. <laughs> it's a different aspect. You know, and everybody, I got to, my first sergeant said, hey, man, you got hurt. You know, I know you want to go be a drill sergeant. You, you want to take a, some time off and be, you know, a trade-off, so to speak. He's like, I came down on that because it was for President Obama's last inauguration. It was coming up in, next year. So uh, I'm 6'5", I'm you know, tall, slender guy, built. They were like, hey, old guard, you got, I guess you get kind of DA slated. They look at your ERB, make sure you're PT stud. They sent me out there. And uh, my first time, I was like, I'm on some deck and I ain't going this place, you know. It's like go, you know, it'll give you a break, you take it off a little bit. It's not like that at all. It's the most probably most work I've ever done in my life. But uh, <laughs> it's seeing it from that side, you know, it's cool seeing, you know, how we present ourselves to other dignitaries from other countries and how we perform at that, you know, and how much detail go into the two minute unknown soldiers. I was never a signal. Mm-hmm. But my my first platoon sergeant, the honor guard company, uh Stephen Worth, he went down there and uh or not Stephen John, and he went down there and he was a platoon sergeant. Um I got to go down there and see firsthand, like the training and all the missions, because I ended up being the uh, NCIC for ceremonies and mortuary affairs, and the other battalion, fourth battalion. That's the Joint Service Battalion. That's the guys you see with all the other branches of service, and that's your drill team, your Continental Color Guard, and your your Sentinels. But uh, and everything there is where the perfection comes in. Yes, everything it's, is clean it's very, and neat. I used to never get gigged in my uniform in a regular infantry, you know, not for the time in it. That uniform we get tore pieces in the old bar. It's just, yeah, it's, I mean, there's a hundred, just for regular uniformers, a hundred gig checklist. Oh my goodness. And I used to do that for the, that's what I had to do. So I graded uh, NCOs, started promotable and above, and uh, officers, you have to get sword saber certified. And it's, I bet this is pretty hard on the schools, like mentally hard, and this one was tough, you know, just how it's got to be six inches off the ground every time. If you miss it one time, you're not going. Whoa. And, uh, and all that stuff's cool, you know, to learn that side of the Army, but, you know, the whole thing with going on with the flags and burning that and all that bullshit that everybody's doing, you know, I'm not a political person. I'm not trying to make a political stance, but until you see that flag drive over a coffin for a KIA that's in the mm. war now, and you're out there and you're watching it to make sure these guys do justice to that family, and you got this 22-year-old woman over there with two kids beside her, mm. and they fold that flag up and give it to that woman, like, you, you just, that changed my whole perspective on, you know, the whole old guard thing because you're there and you're like man standing in the formation letting somebody talk that's <laughs> very high ranking for three hours is, is brutal you know the inauguration i was on my feet i marched in uh president obama's last inauguration and i mean we were on our, we were at work at 11 o'clock the night before so we you know until the next day until the next day and then i went to the president's ball that night like it was not a stop and it's rough you know standing on your feet let somebody talk and then you see that and then you just i mean perspective there's nothing you know there's nothing like it i hope just talking to you right now makes me think like i've done some uh, retirees oh yeah um back when i was in because you know i don't do that now i don't don't know that i can handle it now but (laughs) i did that you tell me it's like a you know like red cycle uh you get detailed out, uh, what's yeah. it called, a red cycle? I had to do I that. I don't know what it's the, called, but I, I had to go do it a couple times in. But my dad was telling me, my, my great uncle, like the veterans that came out, like a bunch of great veterans came out from my great uncle, Ray. And um, and dad was like, he was so honoring because they were from different services, different times. Oh, yeah. And so, and I would, I guess I would do that now if I had an opportunity. 
somebody asked me, like, if one of my guys that I was with died, I would definitely go. And, oh, yeah. I mean, I know all the right stuff. I know the flag in the right, the red showing, sending it back. I know all that stuff. You, know, yeah. you have to hand it to them with the point at you. And and you saying that brings it back. It, oh, man, it's pretty heavy. <laughs> it's, uh, I got put on that detail when we got back from Afghanistan right before I went to the old guard. Um, and it was doing KIA funerals in the area for guys that didn't want. We did veterans too. Yeah. And uh, in Afghanistan, we were, my squad was a firing party. They couldn't find people to do it in detail. And I told my tank commander, I was like, hey, we'll, we'll do it. Talk to my platoon. So I was like, we'll, we'll do that. You know. So anybody we lost in our unit, we went out and did the memorial service on their cop and base. And we did that for those guys. And uh, I don't know if you remember Saturday, Master Sergeant Charles Price. He, uh, he's another guy that taught me, I mean, he taught me everything. He was my first uh, second platoon sergeant in the Army. And uh, real, you know, you got infantry guys and platoon sergeants are usually like very high strung and just all the time. And this dude was real laid back. He did the whole, hey man, you know, it's all right. He talked to you, he still get up on you sometimes, but he's just a real laid back guy. Had a wife and uh, some beautiful kids. And our last appointment in Afghanistan, they, he wasn't gonna go, he was gonna retire, you know. And then they, I'm pretty much begged him to come run an SVAT team. And you know, back and forth, back and forth. And he was like, you going out alone? Yeah, I'm going. He talked to a bunch of other guys that were going. He's like, just made a decision to go. So that's what it talks about the ultimate sacrifice for me. He didn't have to go. He'd done his time. He'd done multiple deployments. But because he had guys that he had trained going, he went too and he got killed. He stepped on a, mm -hmm. it's a truck IED made for a upper truck and he was dismounted. So we went and did his recovery. He was walking. And uh, volunteered to, I volunteered our group to do his memorial service, man. That was that's probably one of the hardest things I ever had to do. I, I can, when you said that, you know, I can, it was, it, it was interesting to me. And it was like, because it was so honoring. It was so respectful that, that you shared his name and, and part of that story mm -hmm. with, with a, a room full of strangers but everybody in that room was there to honor veterans okay. and it's like you know people looking at you and um, what you basically did was just say hey I want to share a memory with you of a man and his, his family and what they've done because those kids are going to grow up without you know without no, that, yeah you know, and it's it's um and and to be dismounted, to be on the ground walking, to step on something, and not be here. I mean, it doesn't even give the rest of y'all real opportunity. You never get to say goodbye. It's it, it just instills fear. It's like because there's nobody to, there's nobody there to, to fight back at. Uh, that's uh, the fear part of it. I don't know, man. I got the, you don't get to say bye. You don't get to grieve. Uh, I mean, guys that's been there, you know, lost somebody. It's not, you don't get a week or two to grieve. Like somebody you got to go right die. next. The next day or same day. Hey, I remember that day. We were, it was, we were. You got to finish we were, whatever we were, you're doing. We were looking for people that day, you know, like, all right, we're going to find some bad dudes today because it's <laughs> not, you know, we did every day, but you get more, I get more pissed off about it than anything, you know. But it's, they say the war's hell, and it, it really is. With the training for it, the, the war itself, and then the shit you live with it for the rest of your life is like. I think that's where the hell comes in. Yeah. You know, they talk a little bit about this idea of moral injury where, I don't know about you, but ever since I was a little boy, man, playing with a little, remember that little toy you gave me the other oh, yeah. night? <laughs> Give me a little army, man. And, uh, that they had in the hotel thing, yeah, right? Yeah, like, yeah. And um, I was playing with this little plastic army man as a kid, you know, and then I grew up and I read all the stories and I watched Rambo and all the other stuff yeah. that we all watch. And that's what I wanted to do. And what I didn't realize is that on this side, on this couch where you and I sit and others sit, the hell is up here. It's our soul, man. And back then, shit, even when I joined, I joined in the 2000s, it's, it's almost taboo to talk about it, you know? Like, it, hell, I know in the infantry world it was. They, they, they don't know, you, you what? You got to put, oh, no, you can't, 
No. You joined in 2007. 2007. 2007. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, you know, and now we've been through, it's just going through phases. It's almost like we're, I feel like sometimes we're poster child and then sometimes we're just an easy target. You know, mm. we're better, taking better as gun rights away. And uh, if they've, they've seen this and done this, you know, they got PTSD and they got TBIs. I have both. So, you know, I get hit on about it all the time. It's like, it's not like that, man. It's not like, some guys are really bad, but it's not like I run around and <laughs> like I go in a Walmart or a crowded place and start thinking about war and flashbacks and want to kill everybody in the room. It's, it's not, and that's, that's like, that's the biggest problem. Nobody, you don't get to put the word out on it. You know, like there's, I'm a very hypervigilant person and I will be for the rest of my life, but it's, at the end of the day, would I rather be in a room with five veterans and some shit popped off or five just regular people? I'd rather be in a room hmm. with five veterans who's trained in it, you know? Well, here, here's another thing. 22 of us a day are killing ourselves. Mm -hmm. 22. Since, like, 2014 or something? I don't know. I mean, that's what's got me out here with you right now. Because I was on all the pills because I got PTSD, too. And moral injury we've experienced and all that stuff. I don't have TBI, though. Um, of course, if you want to talk about that, that's that's, uh, yeah. that's wild too. I don't have that either. It's you know, but it, it, with the hell we're talking about a while ago with the Invictus games. You know, I've done the DOD Warrior games and the Invictus games. What that is is it's where guys are injured. I mean, they got guys with TBI, they got people with PTSD. Some of them's not even from you know combat related PTSD. You know. You got females that have been raped in the army. You got males that have seen some. I mean, yeah, males who have been raped. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's been through stuff. So and then you got guys. Uh, you got this guy, Ryan Major, and this is the craziest shit ever. And a buddy of mine from here, Chase Stewart. And, you know, I, I played football with his brother and baseball growing up in high school. And that he he was in the infantry at the time. I was in high school right before I went. And we've connected since I've been back. And uh, he was there with this guy, Ron Major, when he when he got hit, stepped on land or uh, IED. And it took uh, both his legs off and both of his hands. He's missing fingers. And, you know, he's all jacked up. But seeing somebody that's been through that, you know, still going out there kicking ass in rugby. You know, I, I got a <laughs> video on my phone. We went out bowling one night in Sydney, Australia, and had some drinks, you know. And he hops his little ass up there with no legs. You know, he's scooting across the ground. and gets that little kid's thing. Is that Timothy? No, Ryan Major. Ryan Major. No, not, no, that's Tim Kennedy. I met him at the Invictus games. And then... uh. He puts that little thing up there and he rolls it and he slings it out of the way and he gets a strike, man. This, <laughs> you see guys out there doing stuff like that. Because they're alive. Yeah. And they're having fun because you're supposed to. And that's, you know, that's the hard part about being back in the civilian world. You, you know, that, that void. In the, in the infantry world, man, you got people bitch about stupid stuff like, fuck, man, it's 2200. We're doing nothing right now. We've been sitting around all day. I want to be drinking, you know, stuff like that. But you don't ever hear anybody complaining about. Uh, my legs hurt, my back hurts, or man, I'm stressed out because this didn't go my way, or you know, and then you get out in the civilian world, and you got people with their mm. feelings are getting hurt, and you're offending people, and it's, dude, you don't even have a fucking clue, man. Like, yep. this is what's hurting your feelings? I'm not, I don't get angry much anymore, you know, unless somebody blankly disrespects my, my, my kids or my family, or uh, you can disrespect me all day, just don't touch me, you know, I don't care, don't hurt me. But you got, you just got, People out here kind of shaking. I'm like, ain't nobody getting shot at? Anybody dying? <laughs> We're yeah. good, man. <laughs> you know, it's not that bad. Oh, you just wrecked your car, totaled your car, or your house just burnt down to the ground. Yeah, that sucks, man. But there's nothing you can, there's nothing I can do about it now. And I didn't die, and I didn't have nobody die. You know, you know the folks down in Panama City right now, my brother's down there in that hurricane. Oh, yeah. And uh, my brother's house is still standing. Now, trees, real damage, all that stuff. My brother's down there. Work. They've been working. Whenever that happened, since then, my brother said he ain't seen a tree in Panama City that's not like this in these country. He said I've seen no trees in Panama City that are standing straight up. He said people live in tents. He called me up. He's like, man, I'm never gonna complain again. I was like, what are you talking about? I have like that. See that? He said, when you see what I'm seeing every day right now, we're alive. That's right. And so what? We're living in tents. You know, people bring in water and everything. Yeah, they're, they're getting it back together, but oh yeah, but it probably take two, three years to get it at together. least. And oh. we still—I mean, it's America. We have potable water in our toilets. We're flushing our shit with water that you can drink. Yep. Yeah. 
and, and we have good medicine. It's hard to get sometimes. All you know, a lot of people are are using. This is weird. They're using health as a leverage for monetary gain. Oh hell yeah! It's kind of strange, isn't yeah. it? I mean, after what we've done, I, I look that. I, I tried to go into an urgent care up here in Greenville. I'll say they wouldn't see me because the doctor didn't send me. I pulled out a credit card. They would not see me. I pulled out my little card from the VA. You know the one yep. that says we get the urgent, like not urgent care, but the. No, I think it says on the back urgent care. And she yes or no. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it, it so it's all that stuff, and I gave it to them, and they're like, "We won't see you." And and I I drove off. At first, I was really angry. And then I got thinking about it. I'm still alive. I only got help some, somewhere else, you know? Yeah. Um, it's a weird world. You're right. There's a lot of people that are complaining. And in all this election stuff, you know, like, I could care less about politics. I find my, you know, everybody being like, man, you're on the front line. You're fighting. You've been in firefights. How I've done over 800 combat missions. You know, like, you should be voting more than anybody. I look at it like this, man. I don't, I don't give a fuck who the president is. I don't care if it's Hillary, Trump. I don't care if it's some dude up the street up here, right? We we send us a war to do our job, and we're really fucking good at our job. And we were going to obey. So do your job. Whoever's an appointed official, I'm going to, in the Army, I'll still do it. You know, I'm a law-abiding citizen. You make a law, I'm going to buy by. That's just, I mean, that's how I was raised, you know? That's how I'm brought up. But at the same time, all these people always talking about, you know, this, that, and the other, and... People are making these stands and these political views and shit, man, but you don't really see veterans doing that. You know why? Because veterans are not, they're doing shit like you're doing right now. They're making a difference, you know, and that's... Well, you're doing it too. Yeah. You and those games. Well, that guy that, like, you asked me how I knew that guy. What was his name? Tim Kennedy. Tim Kennedy. So, so he has no legs, right? Yeah, yeah, both his legs are gone. And, uh... He's missing, uh, I want to say this much of his, this much of his, this finger and this finger. So he went to Gallup for you. Which I should hook you up with these guys too, man. Gallantview.org—they're really cool. It started by a ranger, and um, they tend to help all kinds of people, man. I mean, it's like all of us, whole military, and it's it's a network of because once you get out, you're kind of alone. Oh yeah, you know. And so what they've done is they're like, "Well, you want to start a business? Say you want to have a tattoo shop." Well, let me get you up with somebody in the area that's around by, you know, in your region or something that could drive down another vet who has a tattoo shop to be helping, to be mentoring you. You have trouble with your money? Well, let's figure out why. What's the root cause? I mean, are you driving a vehicle? You've got an $800 a month payment? That could be a problem if you only have 900 coming in. You know, like, it's, it's, you know so, so they do some really cool stuff there. And I was out there in, in Fort Worth. We drove back here, and a buddy of mine bragged. Flew back. Uh, he's retired too. I came back from Afghanistan. Hurt from injury, and, and he was the chaplain that talked to me because at that point I was just out of my mind. <laughs> and um, and there's still days, you know. But uh, <laughs> every day he got off the, yeah, he got off the airplane. Well, it, it's time's gone along. You know, I've been out five, yep. two thousand five years in my fifth year, so it's. I'm, I'm finding a balance. Oh, yeah. It's not been easy, but I'm starting to see something. And um, he said, your buddy Tim comes. Because remember I shot you that thing? He's like, oh, yeah. I see this guy. And he's pulling himself out. And he's got the, this medal off from the Invictus Games. And I was like, no way, because I just met this guy in Madden. And I was telling about you. And um, he said that he had a bag that was as big as me. And that round with all kinds of stuff in it. And so, and he had his wheelchair. So he got his chair and he was going to drag that thing. And, and Chapel Berry was like, uh, I'll take it for you. You know, <laughs> and he carried it out there. And a, and a buddy showed up in an electrical truck, a van. Like, no, you know, nice van. Just, you know, going to work, man. They threw the chair in and off they went. Because they're living life. Yep. If you ever meet this guy too, man, Tim's a, I'll say he's a character, man. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I've heard when I see guys with no legs missing parts of their fingers, like we're talking about Ryan too, and that I mean Tim's just the hat. I never saw him mad once. He's on this little car. That's the thing I sent you the picture of. Yeah, yeah. It said, "I had to lose my legs to find God in peace." Yeah. I was like, "Well, shit." <laughs> oh yeah, that's what I thought at first. I was like, "Whoa, maybe I should do a picture interview with that guy." <laughs> a, I mean, yeah, I mean, as you talking about the boy a while ago, and that's the thing for me. I haven't. I hate it as far as missing the infantry and the WTU because the WTU is a different 
It's a different fucking beast, man. It's awesome. It's, um, it's awesome. Uh, I didn't really, I didn't really mind being in it when I covered it. It was a lot of, oh, it yeah. was a lot of work, yeah. man. But when I was in the WTU, coming up, I went out Fort Campbell. It's, I mean, it's good. You got the health care. You got, I mean, I had a social worker, nurse case manager, all myself, you know? Yeah, somebody actually wanted to know how you were doing every day. Yeah. Remember, did like, you have to call in every morning, too? Uh, well, we had to call in if I had an appointment or go to formation. Yeah. So I just called in because I always had an appointment. Always. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, but it was hard because especially going from the infantry world to infantry is at the old guard, but it's not the same thing. To being so um, great in these ceremonies and great in these uniforms, very, uh, very attentive detail. I see you 10 feet away, but like this is uniforms jacked up. And you're seeing. Like, I bet it drives uh, you nuts to watch a movie. Oh, now it does, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. You're just sitting there and you're like, no, no. Well, it used to, hell, just being in the infantry, you go watch these movies and they're getting a lot better now, but it's just so. And I think the reason, like, I'm not the only one, a lot of veterans get pissed off about it, especially like infantry guys oh, yeah. and guys that's coming on his been on the ground or seen it, like, you're, you're, you're telling our story, so to speak. Yeah, that's true. Really ours particularly, but, I mean, some guys, you know, they just, they don't do a good job at it. Make us like a bunch of ass clowns out there, and that's what you're perceiving these people we're going through, you know? And there's a... I think you should be like a... After what you've done, have you ever thought about like going to Hollywood and being one of these guys that walks the set and goes, that ain't right, that ain't right, we can do it this way, this way, this way? You no, know, I didn't know this, but there's a Hollywood's moved to Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah? I just realized that. And I got uh, my aunt hooked me up with a lady who uh, is like a casting director. And as soon as I got back from the Victor's games, I had six hours and I drove to Atlanta and did a little part in the show thing. And I can't talk about it because it ain't aired yet, but That's it was right. like, uh, I talked to a guy down there. Started asking my background, he's like, man, you need to go to special effects or, uh, uh, they've got a name for it, but that, you know. Remember the Marine guy that did the guns for Glock? Yeah, he yeah, was yeah. in, um, Full Metal Jacket. Yeah. Uh, damn, we, Gunny. He, Gunny, uh, he just passed away, too. What's it, that's gonna bug the shit out of his name. Yeah, cause he just passed away. He's okay. a, a big ass. But he, the, <laughs> what happened was, in the movie, the actor was trying to, to do the part, and he was like, no, this is how it's done. Yep. And and if you, if, I, I went to Fort Benning, did you go to Fort Benning? Mm -hmm. I went to Sand Hill, now I went over to Bravo, where you were alpha, but, <laughs> you know, like, I went to Channel 6. Arlie Ernie? What? Ermy? Arlie Ermie? Here, let me see that. Yeah, it's, Uh, no, he's not none of those guys. He's no. a, I got a little something. That's no bullshit. I mean, so he's Emory or something, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's interesting that we both start our careers in the same place. Look at Full Metal Jacket. Yeah, Full I Metal. did. That's oh, it. It's that second guy. Oh, it is him. Lee Emory. Yep. Yeah. Lee Emory. Wow. Oh, yeah, yeah, there he is. Yeah, we heard you, Kate. Okay, uh -huh. okay. He's the guy that plays the fucking... He does a... He's, a, he's got a lot of... When he came out with uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre when he was in that. I didn't see it. Oh, uh, he's, he's a cop, but he's a cop. He's a fake cop. He killed a cop, and he's running around that like a cop. It's just his fucking demeanor in the full metal jacket in that movie. Like, uh, well, he, he was a real... He was gunning the Marines. Yeah, he was real, real he deal. Was, he was us, and... Well, it's easy to act that part when you're, you know how the military is, it's not, you know, we, I've met a lot of, you know, Green Berets and stuff, and these guys are just rangers, and I've got to do some cool classes with the SEALs, and hell, even our AWG, man, they're all, all a bunch of badasses, you know, but they're so, so fine-tuned on basics. Oh, yeah. Like, we'll do, in the regular infantry, what, mag drills for 30 minutes, and then move on to something else, these dudes do that all day. They go out there, and they're shooting... 10 meter targets with a pistol going to the chest on the head. We do that for a range and then we get done. And we Don't say anything security wise. Oh, yeah. Right, right. <laughs> but, you know, they just, they're so fine tuned at the basics. They are, too. And they know all this all high speed cool shit, like how to key with a pencil and, you know. <laughs> but, it's like the Joker of Batman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but when you're so, what do you look for? Muscle memory. When it's so ingrained in your body, you know, it's just. Mm. Well, you want me to go out here and do what I did for 12 years? So it's too easy, man. You're going to pay me to do that too? Like, let's All go. Right. Well, and I think, you know, I think 
that is something. If you're if you're a young person looking at thinking about the military and you're watching one of these things, we if we tell you right now, you're gonna learn to do detail attention to detail, I think is the way it's said. Oh yeah. Over and over and over. Like you'll learn to fold to 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 make your bed. And making your bed has a lot to do with everything else. It, it it, it's a weird thing how that works. You don't get it at the beginning. You're like, man, why do I have to have a Melanchthon dog girl hospital corner slam? Yeah, I'm, it's not like it looks good. Hell, yeah, it looks good. That's one reason. But another reason is to teach you that every day your wall locker has to do this. You get up, make your bed, you can brush your teeth, shave your face. You need to go to your wall locker and you change and put your stuff back in there. You're like, man, this is crazy. It's crazy. But I was lucky enough to. I hate this shit growing up. My parents made me say, yes, ma'am. Really, my mom, yes, ma'am, no, sir. I'm like, <laughs> I did too. We're sitting here now. An elderly person came in the room, and I didn't first get up and greet him and then let him into my seat. He kept one to the back of the head real quick, you know? And was, uh, <laughs> I hated that shit. And then I got in the military, and I was like, thank you. You know, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, it's, just, it's helped me all through here, you know? What killed me was, like, my drill sergeant. I said, yes, sir, to him. Oh, yeah. One time. That's all it took. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm a big dude, man. I was, when I went to base training, I was 6'5", probably 285, 280. I was a big boy, you know. You were 280? I was, and I was... How, I was much, how much were you when you got out? When you, I mean, through the end of basic, basic training. I was 255, but I was maxing a two-mile run for push-ups and sit-ups. So I, I didn't uh-huh. max anything. I'm not built like you, <laughs> like in that way. But I probably maxed the run. I could run. But I went down to 219. They were... Uh, I was like scarecrow skinny. <laughs> Well, you got to do that one minute, one minute, one mile run. Yep. The first time I crushed push-ups. I was close to maxing push-ups and sit-ups in one minute. Came to that run, I don't even think I was close to passing the two miles. <laughs> and I had a drill sergeant. He always, he does, it's just the way he talked to you, you know. And he, he's real, he's a funny guy, Cleveland. He went, hey, bro, come here, bro. See that tree over there, bro? Yes, sir, sir. That motherfucking tree slapped the drill sergeant. I want you to go catch it. And it'd be like four or five hundred meters out. You're like, what the? F-? I got what? And he, that's what he did to me all the time. That's Run the, into the tree. I'd come out of Chow. We start marching back oh, to Chow. No. And like, hold the whole platoon. There's another guy in the first platoon. They did this to too. His name was House. And this dude was like five five, probably three fifty. He was, <gasps> he was just all muscle. And uh, they made us do that. But I come out of base train, man. I was ready to go. Cool. It's it's funny, but. That was the, the talking about the basic training thing, you know, and everybody talks about the basic training stories, but I had this guy, he's the littlest shit I've ever seen in the army, he was like five, two, five, three, and probably bigger than as a toothpick. And I come into basic training, I'm a monster, you know, I'm bigger than anybody in there. And, you know, very, I won't say I was the best kid when I went into basic training, I was, a, I was kind of an asshole, and really confident in my abilities to be an asshole. <laughs> And I remember like the first day, this dude just rips his hat off and gets down. And I was terrified of this man, you know, like it. Oh, the drill? Oh, God, yeah. And that's all, you're talking about that one time. That's all when, they, when they me. throw that hat? Yeah, they, and the way they do it, pull it off and sling it, you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> what am I doing? It reminded me of, a, not Street Fighter, but a, was that a show I was growing up like this. Your town, but <laughs> they had a video game where we, like, we'd fight all the time. The one guy come out. He pulled his hat off and it was like a blade. He went, wow. That's drill sergeant's doing. You were just talking about that video Mortal game. Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. 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 That's uh, Kane. Kane. No, 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 yeah. Uh, Rain, the guy who did the lightning shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I could do all those moves. <laughs> you, were, you were very good at that one. Yeah. That was really, that was, uh, you know, uh, we got to train, uh, get to train, fight a little bit the MMA stuff. Yeah, I was, you, you know. I love that stuff. Combatives. Like, yeah, because yeah, right. we were talking about we that. We were the first company in basic training. Foxtrot 219 2007 was the first company in the Army. To, well, I guess we were the fucking guinea pigs or whatever you call it. We were the first ones to go through that. Yeah. And get certified through basic training. So you got certified. We basic, didn't get certified. We, we started it. Out of basic. But there was like 80 of us who tried it because you had to volunteer for it. And then, I mean, you do the, you do the class part, then you go to the punch drill, and it's a drill sergeant's punching the privates. And you got yeah. <laughs> just build up like oh my And they used to, you could see all of everybody's drill sergeant's like, eyes light up. Because you know, they teach you not to put your head down. And as soon as you see a guy do this, you see the drill sergeant just, oh, Christmas is coming in. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you remember Scott Green? Green. You just did the Dead Sauce Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
He has a uh, Hoist Gracie come to his house like once a year. They're buddies. We just hang out. I, I got to go up there. I want to get choked out by Hoist Gracie. <laughs> well, see, I got a different look. I'm going to choke Hoist Gracie out. <laughs> I've never been choked out before. I'm just not busting. <laughs> hey, I'm just going to take what I can get. <laughs> That was, I, I love that stuff, you know, it was, I loved feeling like I could do something. Yeah, and that, that whole feeling, <laughs> the whole, your purpose driven. Yeah. At the end, it, it's, I mean, the army to me is easy, you got somebody telling you what you got to do. Yeah, that's true, it know, is. Like, especially when you have a leader, the higher you go, it's, if you don't execute here, it doesn't get executed down here, which means this up here doesn't succeed. And it's, you know, you like it's, you're very purpose-driven. And, and as I became, you know, and I moved over from being enlisted to being a chaplain, I think that's what, I think that's what made me like being a chaplain, is that I was enlisted, that I went to basic training, that, that I learned a new language all of a sudden. Yeah, <laughs> like, you did. It was, well, and I, and I learned how to walk, and I learned how to talk, and I learned how to act. Mm-hmm. And... I remember, I remember when I first served in my first unit, man, I go see the Sergeant Major, right? I talked to the Colonel like, yes, sir, yes, sir, you know, like, you know whatever, I'm the Captain. And uh, I go see the Sergeant Major. Roger, so, and, and he's looking at something. He's like, he's like, he's like, Chaplain, I don't know if he is. He's like, Chaplain, go out, go out of my room. Go out, go, come back in. So I, Roger, so I, Roger, let's go. So, so I walked out and I come back in the door. Standard again. Oh, no, Chaplain. Go out and come back in like an officer. What are you talking about, man? So I, I, I walked out and come back in and did the same thing. He's like, go out and put your hands in your damn pockets. Come back in. <laughs> he said, you ain't enlisted anymore. <laughs> I was like, you're the sergeant major. He said, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you see that all the time, though. Guys that go over from the, either like bear program or OE. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that's good, man. I think officers, I'm not saying anything bad about officers, but I've had some damn good ones that just came in as officers, but those guys that were enlisted and then became officers, like, they get it. It know? sticks, man. <laughs> like, yeah. It, well, it really sticks, because all of a sudden, I, it didn't matter if I said the greeting of the day or not. Yep. I mean, like, a whole bunch of rules. If somebody says it to you. <laughs> that's right, that didn't matter. <laughs> so, it was, so, one of the things I like that you're doing, segue just a little bit, um, you give them back a little bit. You're alive. Oh yeah. You, you take care of your family, and you work out, and you you push people around you. You just told me you're going to go see all these buddies of yours. You're you're. I mean, like one of the things we've been doing is we if I drove around the country, is we get people together and say, hey, get together with your buddies and your friends. Don't yeah. sit at home. Don't isolate. Thank you for joining us for this Vet Church interview. Your feedback is welcome. Find out more at vetchurch.com or retiredarmychaplain.com.